Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I'm Devin Jordan. What you're about to listen to is an interview with Troy Cullen of the Challenge World Championship and Australia. Troy goes into insight into what happened through episode five in the Challenge House, what's going on inside the Australian Alliance, the dynamic between the legends and the MVPs throughout the course of the season, and some funny stories that we didn't see on screen. If you'd like to listen to the recaps that we do of the Challenge World Championship, you can go to patreon.com slash the Challenge Chronicles and subscribe for $4 per month. We'll also leave a link in the description below. And if you'd like to support the show, you can also leave a rating review on Spotify and iTunes. We'd appreciate any and all five-star reviews. And with that, enjoy the interview that you're about to hear. We haven't seen much of what you've been up to through the first four episodes. We saw a little bit more in episode five. What was kind of going on through the first four episodes with you and Amber? Um, like, yeah. where, did, where were you in the house? Um, what did your alliances look like to that point? And kind of like, what was your mindset mindset at? Yeah, so to be honest, in the first four episodes, I didn't really have a lot to do. I was actually struggling um, to even talk to the legends, if I'm being honest. They were very... They were very standoffish with me. I don't know they seemed to talk to everybody else, and I don't know whether it was because I was with Amber or what the go was, but I was just relying on my MVP alliance, which is I was working with um, Australia um, and Kiki, and then we were working with USA. Especially, they didn't show a meeting that we had episode one when we were putting just the MVPs in. We had like a big, big meeting to who would put in, and you know, to be honest, I just wanted to put Argentina in against Argentina and make the least amount of enemies, but. I don't know, some plan got hatched in episode one and somehow Kiki ended up in and I, I wasn't too happy with that. Um, yeah, so in the first bit there, so I already had my, you know, I'm still bloody worried about Australia and, uh-huh. you know, what Emily's going to do more so. Like I, I I respect Grant and love Grant, so I'll ride with him pretty much no matter what. But And Kiki, and I love Kiki. So I'm starting to get put in a difficult situation, I feel, at the minute. Um, um it's, yeah, my, yeah, it's, my, sorry, no, I was just gonna say it's funny you said so you said the legends were pretty standoffish to you. Would you think they were kind of intimidated by you or why do you think that was? I honestly don't know. I think I was also struggling to be myself at the start. Um when mm-hmm. you are with such personalities and dominating personalities and I'm not like I'll stand up for myself and I'll be a personality, but when you've got such dominating personalities like your Theos, your bananas. Um, who just want to rule the roost, I guess. They, um, they're really hard to get to know and talk to, or at least I found it hard. And then as I got to know them a bit more and more on a personal level, that's when I started to open up and, and yeah, be a bit more myself and get to know them. I don't think it was because they were intimidating. Like, I didn't find them intimidating. I just... Well, I don't think they were intimidated by you, like after your dominant well, on Australian stuff. Yeah. Well, maybe they were, but I, they hadn't seen the Australian one yet because it hadn't aired when we went in but I think Grant and Emily were talking talking me up heaps to them and how good I was and how I won four and I won elimination pole wrestle against someone who's six foot three so maybe they were <laughs> mad in their head that I was going to be um some beast which I didn't want like I don't know yeah. why they were saying around the house I'm like dude just let me keep a low profile they haven't seen the Australian so, one but how how yeah. familiar were were you with the legends coming into the season were you familiar with the challenge at all did you know what the show was about um did you know who any of the people were 
Yeah, I was actually, I am a fan of the challenge. Like I've watched the last three or four seasons, I reckon. Um, my partner, and she was actually real, she's really into it. So she knows a lot more than me. So coming into it, yeah, I knew, I knew a fair few of them what they were capable of and what their sort of game plays were, I guess. Um, so that was definitely helpful when it came to alliances. Like I knew when I had Amber, I knew that in past season she has been picked on and they just come after and I never understood why. But I was also very happy to be partnered up with Amber because I know she's going to come really good in the final. We've just got to get there. And, I'd, you know, I really wanted, I really want to win this thing, um, you know, for, for the $500,000. And just because I like winning. Um, it's hard to explain that to people when they ask me about my drive sometimes because sometimes I know that drive seems to just come from inside me rather than, oh, I need to do this for my family and all the rest of it. Just. I just want to win and I really am determined to do it when I put my mind to it. And I guess for me, I was just very happy to be paired up with Amber because I feel like Amber's very much the same and she's going to be honest with me. And a lot of the people who in previous seasons weren't working with her now don't have allies. Like your, your Casey and Tori used to pick on her a lot. And they, I felt like they're coming into this. They didn't have the same alliances that they had this season. So knowing all that stuff, from previous seasons, I was pretty, pretty happy and confident um, in my ability, if that makes sense. And I feel like it did help a lot um, in making decisions and all that sort of thing uh, later on in the game. Totally. Yeah. Because I mean, your decision came down to in the draft, whether or not you wanted to be partnered with Amber or whether or not, whether or not you wanted to be partnered with Kellyanne. And so for, for you, was it really kind of like Amber's final ability, uh, her ability as kind of a, a competitor that made you decide to go with her as opposed to Kellyanne? Yeah, to be honest, she was probably at the top of one of my lists anyway, Amber, because I feel like um, we complement each other a lot. I know she's got problems with um, maths and that sort of thing, but that's one of my strengths, you know. Um, and, yeah, with Kellyanne, I feel like she's another smaller competitor and I'm also a smaller competitor, so I don't think that's going to help because the second somebody sees a hall brawl or a pole wrestle, they're going to still chuck me in anyway, just because we're small and they believe that it's a shot that I'll actually go home on. Um, the problem, that's the biggest problem I had with Kellyanne. Like we're too similar. Whereas in, I feel like Amber is a lot different to me and she's got the endurance and, you know, she plays with her heart. And I, I love that about her. Yeah. It's super interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely tough because there are, there are advantages to having a big partner, like you said, where one, one person's bigger and one person's smaller. But then there are, I think, some people who've talked about how it's an advantage if you have someone that's like a similar size to you, because there are missions and eliminations that come up where you're kind of a, in a better off spot. If someone's like, if you have to carry something, right, you don't want one, yeah. one person to be super tall and have a higher angle than the other person that they're partnered with. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a double edged sword. Um mm. So you said but that I feel like Go ahead. Amber Boy is a similar size and height um, to me, if that makes sense. She's probably yeah. a bit lighter, but you know, yeah, I just feel like Kellyanne was probably a bit too small for me. No, that's okay. Makeup. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. It helps out too, just because like you say, Kiki was you would say Kiki was probably your strongest ally coming into this season, right? Like oh, you say I'd, it was Grant. Yeah. I'd say yeah. yeah, Kiki and or Grant. Yeah. I'd, I'd say Kiki. Yeah, because we won together, like we experienced another you know, elimination and a final together and we ran a leg together in a final. Like, it's just stuff that happens that 
just really bonds you. And in that second leg, I think that was the only leg Kiki won, and that ended up, you know, helping her win the game. So I knew coming mm. in that she would definitely have my back. And, like, without a doubt, she was going to have my back the whole time. So, yeah, I was just really, really confident with Kiki. So you said that – Yeah, com- and then – You said coming into the game, Grant was one of your, like, strongest alliance members. In this episode, we saw that Kiki approached you about how Grant had been saying stuff behind your back. Were you surprised by that? Um, did that catch you off guard? Or do you feel like that kind of got – misconstrued see that's the hardest thing when you're in this house like everyone who goes on a challenge or speaks about the challenge but haven't actually been in this madhouse like it is that it is a madhouse there's so many rumors going on there's so much talk and shit chatter and it's really hard to believe anything that doesn't that you don't hear yourself um and that's half the battle to be honest you know yeah i heard that grant had been saying this stuff and you know grant might have been um you know, that does, yeah, start to break your trust. But if you don't hear it from a reliable source, I think, you know, people are very, very quick to, like, uh, change someone's words or use their words against them in a, in a malice way, I guess you could say. That's the thing with the challenge. It feels like gaslighting can actually be pretty effective on a challenge, right, where you're just saying the most random things and eventually one of them seems to kind of stick sometimes. So I can see oh. where dodging those words can be very difficult. Oh, absolutely. That, they... Oh, and that's what I mean. That can stick. Um, and, you know, on the contrary as well, you know, it can get you in a lot of trouble if you start spreading stuff and people clue on to it. So I'll tell you what, these legends are, are very good at doing that too. Like very <laughs> good at just floating ideas out there and staying in the background and letting them grow. And, yeah, it was interesting to see, um, especially in interviews, because, you know, for the audience it's so easy to see, um, you know, that Emily thinks – Kiki is a pawn in her game, rah, 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 and all the rest of it. But when you're there, it's really hard to tell that because you don't hear what they're doing in the interviews and all the rest of it. So she was doing that behind closed doors bit, and it was quite sneaky. Uh, and it's very funny watching back, being like, oh, my God. Okay, this is what really was going on, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, I think about if I had that in my life sometimes, where just like if I could re-watch, like, watch the tape of me coming back and see what the actual thoughts were, it is... I think it's a double-edged sword getting to do that with people, right? Because you get to find what they actually thought about you and it, it can go one of two ways. Yeah, exactly. And then even for the next season, it can come back to bite you in the butt. But, um, you know, I think for us MVPs, we didn't care about next season like the Legends did as well, which made it a much more interesting game because we're not guaranteed another shot. You know, we might not get mm-hmm. a 39. We might not get the, you know, but these Tories, the Casey's, the Bananas who have been around forever, yeah, of course they're going to get another go, you know, and they're really playing it to be buddy buddies with everyone, I guess. Um, and that's good. But we're also here to win it, win a game. And, and that was the hardest thing. Even you see Sarah struggling and Danny, they want to play the game, you know, their way and win this season. And their partners want to play the game their way so they don't shit on relationships that might affect them in the future. So I think that struggle between legends and MVPs was massive. Um, and I think that's what they mean by the the legend team and the MVP team, because obviously everyone's connected with the legend. It was more mm. that the legends wanted to do one thing, and they had one gameplay in mind that they were gonna, you know, this person, this person, this person, and then the MVPs had another gameplay in mind that nah, we're gonna stick strong, eliminate everyone else, and worry about the rest at the end. And you know, the MVPs were stopping the legends from playing their game, and then the mm. legends were stopping the MVPs from playing our game. So. Yeah, it made for some interesting 
interesting drama, that's for sure. Yeah, it is a nice change of pace, too, just because the past couple seasons of the flagship show, like the ones that you said had watched, they had become somewhat predictable where you could tell who who was in the power seat and who was controlling things and kind of what the next couple of votes were going to be as the season started. But with this season, just with you guys, the MVPs being in the mix and the legends of a couple of different groups of legends being in the mix, um, it definitely made th- it has, should make things a lot more unpredictable going forward. Like you say now where it seems like at this point, pretty much everybody's a pretty big bet, right? Like what is the move that's not taking a shot at somebody? Yeah, that's the other thing I didn't understand. Everyone's like, oh, we want to have a big shot at people. And I get maybe the first few people were, well, they weren't pushovers, but when you look at the cast and how stacked it is, um, they almost were. But any other season, they would be considered very good competitors. And then now you've, you've like, you talk about Wes and Zara being a threat or a big competitor, but really if it was anyone else, Jordan, um, my, like myself and Amber or even Grant and John A, like everybody nearly left in this game or is pretty much everyone left in this game is a threat. Like it, the big shots are always going to come this episode because I feel like it was literally only big threats left, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's how I felt. Anyway. So you, you've talked about the legends to this point. You talk about how you had some background about the legends from seasons that you watched before, before you came into the house. Were there any of the legends that surprised you once you met them, what they were actually like, that you had a perception of them before you came into the game, you got to know them, and you were like, okay, this person is completely different than what I thought they would be? Yeah, Wes actually surprised me a lot. You know, I thought he played, like, I don't know, you always seen as a snake, and he does dodgy things. And you know what? He does a little <laughs> bit, but but he actually does play with some integrity, and he actually isn't quite that that exact same person in, in real life. Yes, he's still trying to get what he wants, but I don't feel like, you know, if, if he turned around and said, no, nah, I've got your back, I honestly do feel like, you know, he would have your back until he couldn't. Um, and there's other people in the house who I feel like if they say that, uh, it's not true, you know. But I feel like with him, although he's got this bad reputation with him, I feel like he would have your back. I don't know. I, where's actually, yeah, he just surprised me. I, feel like he gets a bad, a bit worse of a rap than he deserves. And Bananas, on the other hand, Bananas, like I just found him, I don't know, I felt like, I don't know if you had Grant on, he did a podcast and went in on Bananas, but I almost agree with him with a few of the things. Like he walks, like, walks around like he owns the joint, you know, we're part of Bananas world, you've got to play it Bananas way. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't too much of a big fan of Bananas. Um, and that sort of surprise. He's funny though, but he, um, yeah, he's yeah, it's funny. One I can't trust. Yeah, it's funny you said that about Wes because I mean, obviously, whenever anybody watches it from the show, he even himself puts out the image that he's this master manipulator and he's the puppet master controlling a bunch of things. But my thing has been, if you watch the seasons he's on, he, he his alliance members tend to end up making the final relatively easily if he's able to get to the end, right? Like you don't see as many opportunities where he has thrown people in. So I always feel like you'd be someone who I'd want to work with coming on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess that's where the whole rumor thing with the legends spits around. You know, you saw in episode three or four when they're like, oh, you know, Wes is buttering everyone up. This is what he does. Uh, you know, they were pretty much putting in our minds that he was a master manipulator and he's just going to use this, you know, if that makes sense. Almost like they didn't mm-hmm. want him around, but they didn't want them to have a shot at him. They wanted us to is what I felt like was going on in that episode three or whatever it was before. But, yeah, it, it's interesting once you get to you know, know him a bit more and whatnot. But he definitely surprised me. 
from um from watching the show before, was there anybody he really identified with who you felt like you would play the game or operate similarly in the house that they did from the scenes you had watched? Um, yeah, as I said, Amber, I really like the way she mm-hmm. plays the game. Um, I feel like I feel like she just gets picked on a lot, and I feel like it's because she plays with her heart a lot and she wants to do the right thing by people. And that's something that I want to do in this game. You know, I want to do the right thing by people. If I've got your back, I've got your back. And if I, you know, if that means I end up going in because I've got your back, I'm happy with it. And I feel like a lot of other people are like, okay, well, if I'm going in, oh, I'm going to betray you, you know, and I don't like that. I'd rather have somebody who I guess would ride or die with you, you know, (laughs) take a bullet Mm -hmm. for you, you'll take a bullet for them. Uh, And that's very hard to find in a challenge house. I'll tell you that much. So yeah, well, I feel like we saw the. Oh, go ahead, Devin. So Kiki earlier today taught told us about how you taught uh, Kaz how to play chess in the house and how yeah. that was a thing for a while. So I guess one, are you a big chess player? And two, was Kaz ever actually able to beat you? Did the uh, did the pupil become the master after it was all said and done? Um, I don't know. I haven't played chess overly much, but I play a little bit. Like I do enjoy it. I'm quite a strategic person and um yeah Kaz never played before so I just took her on as my little apprentice and you know to kill time in the house and we just started playing chess and she actually started to improve massively to the point where Theo was considered oh, me and Theo were big rivals in chess big rivals because um, <laughs> um he was very good at it too and I beat him twice I beat him once and then drew with him and then beat him again and I think I was unbeaten at that point um, in the house in chess thankfully there wasn't too many good players and I ended up teaching Kaz and she ended up versing Theo and, and beating him. So <laughs> that was a really funny moment. I felt like that was when the apprentice became the master, if that makes sense, because I felt like Theo was on the same level as me. And yeah, Kaz ended up getting him in a really nice little snooker. It was really good. So in, in previous seasons, we, we've seen a lot more of what goes on in the house beside the politics and the game and the relationship drama, like you teaching Kaz how to play chess. Is there anything else in the house that happened through, I guess, the first four episodes or so that you're surprised didn't make the cut? Any any good memories that you have of just interactions with the legends or the MVPs? Yeah, we had a really good, um, I think it was in the first episode or the second episode, we actually had a really, the legends, I don't know, man, they know how to kill time in their house. Like, you got no phone. You got <laughs> practice. It's not like I can just sit on my phone for a bit. But um, they had a really good game called Mafia, and it was like a card game, and, and one person... Um, was the mafia and they would sort of uh, pretend to kill people type thing and then you had like a detective and um, a, a, a medic and and it was like what was it like it was almost like Among Us have you played that yeah I, I, we played mafia a lot in college so I, I know what yeah it is. yeah so yeah we played mafia and it was really good icebreaker and that was really fun in the first first bit of the house like to get to know everybody and how yeah but I saw I think the legends might have done that on purpose to see how people play and if people yeah. can die, you know. Yeah, I was going to so, say, yeah, are, are you throwing yeah. that game on Mafia or are you giving a full effort? No, I was giving a full effort, absolutely. Oh, gotcha. I feel like I'd be, I would be the worst Mafia player ever if I'm playing that game. I am being the worst liar. I'm just trying to be as obvious as possible. It's like how Kiki yeah. earlier today told us about how there was a, a poker game that everyone was involved in and she won the uh, poker yeah. game. Yeah, and you talk about yeah. how it be a big red flag to win the poker game. It's almost like you don't want to do well in that. Oh yeah, that was um, I think that was a bit later on. But yeah, when she won that poker game, oh man, she outbluffed everybody. I think it was that point. Everyone's like, 
hold on a minute, because I already knew this, you know, watching the Australian season, that there's a lot more to Kiki than meets the eye, and that's what I love about Kiki. You know, she you can judge her and judge a book by their cover very quickly, and she is just not that. Um, yeah, man, she she's good. She's very good. She got a poker face like no tomorrow and acts like she doesn't know what she's doing the entire time, but is secretly absolutely cleaning everyone up. And you can't tell when she's bluffing or not. Like, oh, yeah, she was good at poker. Yeah. Uh, which of the two houses do you feel like you enjoyed being in more between the Australia house and the World Championship house? Oh, the World Championship house. Like, the Australian house was filled with drama and it was like um, personal drama is what it felt like. Very attacking and, like, literally the two sides of the house wouldn't speak to each other at one point. Like, Emily and... Grant and uh, Ryan and Sugar, the, those four literally wouldn't leave their room pretty much. Um, they were in their room the whole time. Both sides weren't talking. Like it was very hard to be in that environment because I wanted to talk to both sides and I just couldn't. Like I could only work with one side and the second I'd go and talk to the other one, they were like, oh, what are you doing? What are you saying? Um, whereas in the challenge, A, the house is a lot better too. The challenge, um, the Legends one, the World Championship, I felt like what happened inside the game, people still at least talked to you and didn't, they might have taken it personally, but they didn't, they'd still talk to you and whatnot outside of the game and wouldn't take it personally uh, on that level, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it, yeah, it makes a lot of sense because, I mean, they're used to that environment probably, right? Like everyone in the house has been on a season before. I mean, Wes and Tori and Bananas have been on how many of these things? So I feel they're used to living yeah. with people that they have some game issues with. Yeah, and that's what I mean. It was like almost like, oh, okay, well, that's game issues. Now, still think that of you and, and whatnot, but you know, you could still play chess, I guess, with somebody you're fighting with mm -hmm. that you'd get out. You know, so it, it was quite a weird dynamic, but it, it was much nicer than the Australian house. That's for sure. Do you still keep yeah, with? Uh... Do you still keep in touch with a lot of or any of the people that you met on World Championship that you didn't know coming into the season? So people outside of the Australian crew? Yeah, I do, actually. I keep in touch with Wes. Um, what else have I been chatting with? Ben, Ben Dugman, uh, Tristan. Ginger stay together, I guess, um, then, right? Yeah, Kellyanne, actually, a fair bit I've been chatting with. Um, but, yeah, I still keep in touch with a few of them. Darrell? Okay. Darrell. So, so, yeah. so, speaking of Ben, what was Ben trying to tell you in episode five across the table? We kind of can make some guesses of what he was trying to tell you to yeah, so turn he, on someone in the Australian alliance, but, like, wh what was he trying to suggest? Yeah, so he was trying to tell me that pretty much that the Australians, mainly Grant and, and Emily, behind my back were, um, I guess, trying to get me thrown in and saying I'm a threat and that it's, like, yeah, they're just pretty much throwing shade my way, I guess, um, behind my back is what he was saying. And I don't know how much I could believe Ben. So at that stage or at this stage, you can see at the table, I'm just like, well, I haven't heard it from the horse's mouth, you know, and it's those rumours that spread that you're like, okay, well, what's real and what's not? Now you've got to spend however long trying to figure out, okay, well, I've just heard this new information, you know, do I act on it? Do I not act on it? And, you know, I chose not to at that stage. Um, but, yeah, he was pretty much saying that on the bottom of the totem pole for the Australians, you know, they're trying to get me out, they're gunning for me and practically not to trust them. They're a bunch of snakes. Like, yeah, he was just trying to get my ears. 
Is this oh, something? Sorry. Is this something that you suspected, or was this kind of the first that you were hearing of it? Because I definitely understand how if this is the first time you're hearing it, and Ben, this is someone that you've known for like a couple of weeks at this point, you barely even know him. That's kind of tough to believe. That's yeah, a weird time that's to do what, it. Like, yeah, exactly. So uh, you sort of hear, like I started hearing a few whispers earlier on in that episode, like maybe two days before or a day before. Um, a few whispers and about, you know, oh, there's fans that, you know, they sort of want you, you know, you just hear the little whispers, not too much though. And then that was the main time that I heard it massively. And Amber was actually the one who was telling me what Ben was saying because he must have been, Ben must have been talking to Amber at that stage and had told Amber heaps, mm-hmm. but not me. So that's sort of the first almost I was totally starting to be aware of it, if that makes or being aware of what apparently was being said. So at that stage, Amber, I think, wanted, she actually wanted to flip her vote. She actually wanted to go with Emily and Grant. And I was the one that was like, nah, look, I'm going to take care of this vote. She didn't want to vote Jordan for some reason, but she was more so following me and letting me play the game, which I really respected. You know, she actually let me have a voice, unlike at the other end of the table with Danny and Corey, who were just at absolute heads and couldn't agree on anything. Amber actually let me have a say there and let me vote Jordan, even though Amber didn't want to, which, you know, I really appreciate, you know, because, um, yeah, the other end of the table was carnage. And if we hadn't voted Jordan, you know, Emily Grant would have ended up down the bottom. Yeah, so what, I don't think we ever really got clarity on that, and we should have asked Kiki this this morning. What happened if a partner or a, a partnership wasn't able to agree on who they wanted to vote for? What happened in that case? Because we saw that Danny wanted to burn his vote this last week and Tori wanted to make their vote count and decide then and there who was going to go into elimination. How did that work? So they actually didn't tell us, but I think there was one stage, I think it might even be that one. We were sitting at a table for maybe 15 minutes while they were arguing back and forth of who to vote for. Like we actually voted like six times, I think, and it ended up in a stalemate <laughs> single time because they didn't want to stalemate. They kept telling us to revote, revote, revote. And I think that was the time when Ben was doing the whispering, was maybe the fifth vote or fourth vote or whatever it was. <laughs> was I, I can see why at that point he was like, let's just get this going, man. We, we got to change yeah. something up here. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so we did lots of votes and like, yeah, every single time. Like you had to agree. So nobody in the end so far anyway didn't disagree, but they didn't tell us what the punishment was and they just kept saying, no, you, you have to agree. You have to agree. Like you both have to be on board. You both have to be on, like, regardless. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens if somebody did disagree, but I don't think it would be good if you couldn't eventually so- at least burn the vote. So did they end up voting? The, well, my, my answer would be if I was production was like you ha- you're voting for two people. I think it's pretty easy to just say, okay, one person in each partnership gets a vote. So you can vote for whoever you want for. You can vote for whoever you want for. And that's it. That would seem like an easy fix to me. But I guess that's not the way they did it. Um, so oh, did they end up – Yeah. That yeah, actually so would be helpful. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, because – well, then if Danny was meant to be on our side, he could have voted who he wanted, which probably would have been Jordan and Kaz, you know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. Tori could have voted for whoever she wanted. And I felt like that would have actually broke it, you know, the stalemate. But that wasn't the case. They both had to agree on both names. <laughs> yeah. Um, so did they end up voting then? Or was the stalemate the fact that they couldn't agree to a decision? No, they did vote. Um, okay. And they 
start burning their votes so that um, because they burnt and they didn't vote either way, it meant that uh, they were tied. I think Grant was ahead on eight votes or something. And then mm-hmm. John A, uh, sorry, Emily and Yes were on six and Jordan and Kaz were on six as well. So because they were tied, um, that's why it was a stalemate. So so, made- I think so. So Tory yeah. pretty much caved in at that point and decided to go with what Danny wanted to do, right? Not, not really, because I wouldn't say Tory caved because Tory wanted to vote Emily and Yes, and I think Danny wanted to vote Jordan and Kaz. So he didn't get what he wanted either, but she didn't get yeah. what she wanted. So I just reckon they went for the neutral vote of throwing our votes away, which ended up helping us, thankfully, helping yeah. the Australians. So if Danny didn't stand up then and there, yeah, Emily and Grant would have been in it. Uh, so yeah, Emily and Grant would have been in it. So Emily and Yes and Grant and John A. So, yeah, yeah I really... feel like it does open up um, a couple interesting possibilities because we're not you guys could almost intentionally try to tie the votes if you just want to give all the power to the winning team. Yeah, well, that's it. We didn't know what was going to happen. Um, none mm-hmm. of the legends wanted to do it. None of them. Us MVP as well. I'm just tie it up and see what happens, um, which I found an interesting dynamic as well. Um, but yeah, now, you know, we know what's going to happen. Yeah, that could definitely be used in the future. Uh, you know, if you want to give the power to the winners or whatever, I guess you could just tie things up and it'll be an easy way to have a shot at somebody without saying their name. Mm-hmm. So would say their name. we know that you had a pretty athletic background coming into the challenge. I guess one, what was what was your casting story like? How did you find out about the challenge? How did they reach out to you? Um, and I guess two, how did you train for the challenge coming into the season? Uh, I'm probably so actually got notes on number two. Yeah, no, yeah, I actually got really lucky because um, I was obviously on Ninja Warrior, and then they reached out to my best my best mate Zach, who had run Ninja twice, um, and they must have won a Ninja Warrior. They reached out to a few of them, but they were all under contract. So they actually couldn't do it. And I, for whatever reason, didn't get on Ninja that year. So he, Zach just said, hey, Troy's a Ninja. Give him a, flick him a, a message, I guess, and see if he's available. And he did. So the producer did. And then, yeah, just got chatting from there. Sent in like a, I think it was a, a two-minute unedited video of me answering a couple of questions and stuff about myself and, and whatnot, and then from there, they're like, "Oh, yeah, sweet, you're you're on pretty much." So I really <laughs> lucked, lucked into it, if I'm being honest. And um, as for training and whatnot for the challenge, I felt like you know, coming from a ninja warrior background, and I can already run very well, just nat- naturally, very lucky. Um, I felt like for me, the training part of the challenge was doing puzzles, uh, lots of puzzles. Um, what are they called? Um, tanagrams and those sorts of mm. things. And just updating on my maths and my spelling because spelling is a big weakness of mine. And then especially after Worlds, I, um, after Australia, I was obviously no good at trivia. So <laughs> I had to sort of study trivia, but how do you study for that? Um, and so that's a hard me, one to cram for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So for me, it was more the puzzles and, you know, making sure I'm a really good all-rounder so that people won't want to verse me physically and hopefully won't want to verse me in puzzles either. Um, especially, yeah, especially because I feel like a lot of the men in the house focus on physicality. I feel like you know mm-hmm. most of the time in a lot of these challenges they've got a puzzle element to it that's even upper up. So if I can get one up on that and be pretty even with them physically, I think 
you know, I'll definitely be a threat. Yeah, we've yeah, talked about that. We've talked about that a lot about how at this point in time the shows essentially come down to two different areas, right? Puzzles, math, and memory, and then endurance. And if you can be good at those, you can go really far in the game because the amount of times that pure physical strength comes into play are few and far between. Um, and it really doesn't advantage you to as significant degree as some people would think. Exactly. And that's why I love I love being short in a way. I, like it can be disadvantages for like things like the pole wrestle. You sort of get flung around because I don't weigh enough. But, mm-hmm. you know, I can hold on for ages and I can, you know, endure these things. And I think, yeah, that's not the biggest element. You know, how often do you see a pole wrestle? How often do you see a hall brawl? Uh, you know, you've got to be in a position to actually be put into those eliminations for it to be a, a, a threat, if that makes sense, for it to be a problem. Um, but yeah, being short and small, I feel like is a disadvantage, but it's not as big as people make it out to be. That's for sure. Yeah, because it's also with the pole wrestling or a hall bar thing, it's only two people in that, right? It's not the entire house, whereas the entire house is competing in the mission, so everyone has a shot at that. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I think for the dailies especially, you know, it doesn't quite matter your size as much, you know, unless you're lifting something mm-hmm. super heavy. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I think you're better off, in my opinion, yeah, what you guys said, endurance and then good at puzzles and maths and spelling and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You mentioned Go ahead. You mentioned it before how Australia had played it out that there was two pretty caustic alliances who were going at each other throughout that season, and then you and Marley were kind of hanging around in the middle. Um, do you think yeah. it almost worked to your benefit then that you didn't seem to have as many connections coming in and you kind of formed some natural ones? I, th- I think I think it did. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I really do, but I, I think it could almost cost me as well. It could have almost cost me as well because, you know, it's not like I helped side with Grant, if that makes sense. Like I did have opportunities where I maybe could have helped Grant and Emily and I didn't know, I don't know, and I didn't know like how they would take it coming into this season. You know, because there were times I perhaps could have helped them, but I chose not to. Um, and then, yeah, so I felt like playing, because we did, we pretty much played the middle. Um, I feel like playing the middle can be a, a big hindrance into future seasons as well, just as much as it can be a help. Because whilst they're not going to gun for you again this season, it's like they still don't trust you type thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely has its pluses and minuses depending on what season you're yeah. on. So do you yeah. feel like you would want to come on the show again now that you've gotten a taste for a couple seasons of the challenge? Is it something that you would want to continue to pursue or was one taste of the legends enough for you to kind of want to hang them up for a while? Um, now, nah, look, if I was invited, I, I think I would have to do it. Uh, I'd make it happen. You know, I, I don't know, I, I enjoy it. It's like a crazy addiction. It was fun. Um, but I feel like if I do get invited again or if I go on it again, I'll definitely uh, be playing a lot more of like an ag- aggressive game and a lot better at speaking as well, especially because I struggled earlier on in that season um, in front of the camera and all not- and whatnot. Um, I feel like going into the next season, I'll be a lot more direct. I'll be a lot more to the point with people and a, a little bit more cutthroat because that's how they were the whole time. And I was sort of feel like I was playing this bit of a naive game where I just was sinking the best in everybody. And that's not the way the challenge is. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I think that's why playing the middle last season didn't help much because I didn't get to see the cutthroat side of it. Like I saw it happening, but I didn't actually experience it. If that makes sense. 
Totally. Yeah, I guess you didn't have to make as many difficult decisions as somebody who was a bit more ingrained and stuff might have been, right? Where you were also with the way Australia worked is you always paired with somebody else, right? Probably who had their own idea of how things were going to go, so you could kind of take more of a backseat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that that was right as well, and I was sort of trying to play that because I was winning a lot. Like, and you win and you put somebody's name in, that you're a target instantly. And the way I guess I made myself not a target was by generally tried to do what the woman would want to do and what would disturb the house at least. And then what ended up happening, and it was a continuous pattern, is that the woman kept getting blamed for it. So mm-hmm. I sort of by that way as well last season. <laughs> or yeah. Uh, so on Australia, um, outside of Kiki cutting off her G-string, I see you had the, pretty clearly the most memorable moment of the season going into elimination against Connor. I'm sure you've answered a thousand questions about this one already. But is there anything you haven't talked about in regards to that elimination with how long it was or how brutal it was or how hard it was to run the final two minutes after it happened? Uh, you know, I think people at home don't realize that, that that went on. The first round was for 55 minutes. And I was on top for a little bit. I wasn't just getting beaten all the time. But that first <laughs> round was 55 minutes. And not oh once did Bronny, you know, stop us to reset it. It was just... He was just pummeling me. I was, I was on top for a little bit. He would pummel me again, and I was just trying to wear him down. Uh, so the first round, the second round. The first round was only 35 minutes. See, it was a lot more attacking. And then it's like this, after I won that one, he was trying to then, yeah, play it slow and play it careful because um, he knew that he would gas out before me. So he was trying to conserve his energy, I guess. Um, and I guess he was just trying to beat me mentally. And that's where, I guess which I haven't explained much to people with the drive. A lot of people go, you know, where does your drive come from? Why were you still holding on? Like you were copying an absolute um, beating. And I guess, you know, I just like winning and I don't like losing and I like leaving it all out there. And, you know, if that means I'm, you know, I'm getting a broken arm or whatever it is, I was holding on to that thing for days. Like I just wanted the win. It wasn't even necessarily for the money um, that season. Mm -hmm. It's because, you know, I, I wanted to win i wanted to go to worlds i wanted to represent australia and winning was going to open up so many opportunities for me i guess at that stage especially in the second round when i'm getting pummeled i'm just thinking well i'm going to be rough for the finals but i've got to win this first if i don't win this there's no fun um, and then once i won it it was elation and i was happy and to be honest i didn't even feel any of my injuries and then about 20 minutes after i Oh man, I was sore. I was in the wars. Um, I actually <laughs> had diarrhea. They didn't air this, but I had diarrhea <laughs> nearly that whole finals because of how badly Conrad blew, you know, beat up my stomach. So whenever oh I got God. to a checkpoint, I was running off to the bushes. Oh, it was bad. Um, I guess that's something I haven't revealed. <laughs> Probably shouldn't, but oh well. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah, I was struggling to hold anything in. As somebody who's watched pretty much every season, so I will say that was pretty much the most one of the most impressive eliminations I've ever watched. Like right up there with the number four or five in terms of just that. That's because there's a couple that are also up there, but that just seemed crazy to do that and then do the final right afterwards. And with how much size he had on you, and for you to stick that out and end up with those injuries afterwards, that was a lot. Yeah, like I'm only five foot, five foot six, or five foot. Wow. Uh, okay. I'm not that big. And I only weigh 60, 60, 65 kilos. And he weighs 100 and he's six foot three. Nearly, so, you know, a bit over six foot three. So, you know, I feel like, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that was a good win. And, you know, to be honest, I'm, I feel like I'm very good at wrestling. Uh, and I know what I'm doing when I wrestle, like through gymnastics. And I did a bit of um, kickboxing when I was younger. But, man, when you've got to hold on to a ball or a pole, it's a, just an entirely different ball game. Like, 
all of a sudden he can move that pole, that ball, wherever he wants. And at the end of the day, he's 40 kilos plus heavier than me. I'm going wherever that goes. You know? and <laughs> <laughs> that's just the reality of it. I just got to hold on. But luckily, you know, through Ninja, I'm really good at holding my own weight. So he was always going to have to do more than just fling me around to get me off. He was going to have to use some of his weight and push push me off because I can. I'm pretty confident in my ability to hold, you know, hang on to a bar. Like I can hang on to a bar for, you know, ten to twenty minutes without falling off. So, um, yeah, that's just did, how I felt. Did you have the strategy going in that you were going to try to just wear him out and hold on to this as much as you can, and then just kind of wait for a little bit of a window to pull it off? And then, yeah, that was my initial strategy. Um, but I also had a bit of an optimistic strategy in my head as well that, oh, you know, it, yeah, I think I'll be able to just out wrestle him as well and out strength him. And that quickly went out the window. I'll tell you that much. Once I realized how <laughs> much size mattered, and it's been whoop, see you later. And then I was like, all right, I've just got to, I've just got to endure it, endure it, endure it. And then once he weared out, which he did the first time a lot quicker, that's why it was only 30 minutes or 35 minutes. That's why I was able to win a, win a bit quicker. And then the second time he, he realized what he did wrong, because he was vomiting after. And actually I wasn't happy about that. He was vomiting after um, we after I won the first round and he got like maybe three minutes rest because he wanted a water break and I wasn't happy about that because I wanted to go straight into the next one because I knew that he was vomiting and he was on the rope. So I feel like he just got that a few extra minutes to have yeah. have some water, which I mean, I guess it's fair enough. They don't want to get sued for someone being dehydrated. But just get stuck in the next round because, you know, I, I mean, dude, I they've done some pretty, they've done some pretty brutal stuff on the show. So I'm not just getting somebody dehydrated is what's going to put them out of business. Yeah, yeah I agree. But anyway, it's what it is. And then, yeah, next one. Yeah. Was it right from there into the final after that elimination? Was it just, all right, guys, you're yeah. here and we're heading straight there? No, it was uh, – so we went out back. You, you do your outback interviews. Um, and then we maybe had 20 minutes. Uh, and I got to drink water and tend to my room wounds. And uh, I think I got to clean some of the sand off my face and in my undies and all yeah. the rest of it. And then, and then we were straight into it, yeah. So it wasn't yeah. long rest at all. And they don't even no give you like food. a protein bar, an orange or something? No, no food after. And that was the worst thing is I hadn't eaten much actually going into into that elimination because I never eat before. If I, know, if I think I'm going in, I don't like eating before I compete. So I'll have a yeah. lunch, a big lunch, and then I'll have like a tiny meal before I head out because, you know, you head out about 6 o'clock or something. So it's about dinner time. Um, so you have like a tiny bit, but normally I'd have a lot more. So by that stage, I was very hungry. So what do they do during for food during the finals? I think we talked about this before and have been curious about this. Like, when do they give you food? What do they give you for food? And like, yeah, how, normally, how I think normally you don't really get food. I think you get whatever they feed you, which is normally not very good. But we were lucky enough that <laughs> I think we got, oh, we did. We got a little bit of bread and a couple bits of fruit after the night portion. So, and then that was it. That's all, it? all we got, I think. That's, that's still not a lot, man. Like, no protein? No, it wasn't. It was next to nothing. So, like, yeah, the finals are brutal. That's, that's for wild. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you didn't get didn't get a lot. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what I yeah, learned. And there's so much more running off the camera that you don't see as well. Like, we ran so much in that Australian final, and we actually, it was an entire leg they missed. It was like, you undo a chain and drag thing. And it was that puzzle, actually, they did not ride or die as that. Four cubes with the different sides and kind of oh okay had got cut as well. Um, so yeah, the, which Kiki that's when me and Kiki were together, and you can actually see it on the background as me and Kiki cross the line. You can see 
puzzle and that. And um, Kiki really did well in that puzzle. That was part of the reason why we got such a big lead as well as the barrels. What, um, I guess, before you talked about you wish how you would have, I guess, grasped how cutthroat it was going to be. That was something that you took away from your second season. I guess, what was the biggest thing that you learned coming out of World Championship? If you were to do another season, what is kind of the the number one thing that you learned that you feel like would help you for any returning um, seasons that you would be back on? Uh, just, just don't let the opportunities pass by, I guess. And don't be afraid to say what you mean in your interviews as well. Uh, they're the biggest things I've taken from it, you know. I think I think I just needed to be a bit more how I am in real life, I guess. I guess I was trying to be a bit too uh, nice with everybody um, and a bit too naive and believe in the best in people. And whilst, you know, I still do that and I, I am like that in real life, I've also got to realise that these guys are paying half a million dollars and they could and would do anything for it. You know, so for me, I guess... It's just being a lot more wary of that and playing in a similar way, but also still playing true to myself and, you know, still believing the best in them, but making sure not to open myself up by being wary of that. Yeah, it does feel like there's a balance going on when you're on the show of you want to do things that will make it a good television product on one side, but at the same point in time, you also want to, like, win the show, right? Like, that's also important. Exactly. Um, Yeah, so do you notice, like, some of the Legend customers kind of trying to toe that line in between those two things because a lot of times those things work in pretty direct contrast where if you have a big explosive confrontation that's great tv but it's also probably putting a target on your back and hurting you in the future yeah you're right that's the hardest thing i guess when you're on a challenge because you know as i said you know we're not guaranteed another season um Mm -hmm. some of these legends are and they are able to i guess that's why the drama has been pretty lackluster i guess that's why they just team up on all the rookies every season because they can, and they're going to go far, and they're going to win because of it. They're going to get on another season, and I think the rookies of just every other season have just played into their hands. And I found it really good this season that a we'll to partner with the legend, so it was a lot harder for them to do that. And b I feel like all the MVPs this season, except for maybe Argentina, I don't know where they were. They were in dreamland, but this season were like we were there to play the game, and you know, really go hard and go to war with these legends and this was before you know we were starting to build alliances before we even knew we were going to be partnered with the legends you know and we we're like yeah all right we're not going to budge you know we're really going to take it to them and you know because we're not guaranteed another season we don't we didn't care as much whether we'd end up in fights and i guess you know i guess sometimes i was even worried about that you know if i get another season and i step on this person and at the end of the day Fuss MVPs, we weren't guaranteed another season and we're not guaranteed another season and we've got to play it like that. And I believe it's only a good thing for the challenge, you know. Every oh. other season, the vacation alliance I hear of, you know, that just literally do that because they're going to end up being in the final and then next season they're going to be in the same alliance and run the whole show again. And I think for us MVPs, we don't have that luxury. You know, it's yeah, all enough. it's one of those yeah, and like, I, I don't really like fault them for like it doesn't make for the most compelling. Oh, that, that's what at I mean. the same point in time, it's like, all right, great, I have a free ticket to the final and a free ticket to the next season. Why wouldn't I do it? Well, well, and that's what I mean. Why would they do anything? Different? Like, don't blame them. <laughs> I don't know. Why would they do anything different? Like, it's a smart yeah, way to end up in final. Yeah. So you mentioned heading again that it seemed like Argentina was kind of in dreamland uh, heading into oh, the show. Did, was it? Was it pretty clear from the onset that it just? 
because I feel like it did feel like they had a lot working against them, right? Where like the winner of their show wasn't actually even on the show, and then apparently they finished filming right before the filming for your show started. So it was it pretty apparent that they were kind of be the easy outs on, as you guys got on? Um, yeah, yeah, it did feel that way. It just felt like um, I know I feel like the language barrier was a bit hard for them as well. That's so it, yeah, I for them a bit. But you know, Ben Har's English was you know insane, but it was just. I felt like they, I guess their game that they must have played was a bit more, a bit different. And like, I guess, you know, I said I wasn't ready for how cutthroat it was. And I can't imagine how um, how unready the Argentinians were. It wasn't, you know, it was a lot more cutthroat than they anticipated, I believe. I didn't think, you know, I thought they would come in and everyone would want to be fair and, you know, spread things out, and that just wasn't the case. You know, even Nia said mm-hmm. in my um, Nia or Jody, I think it might have been, goes, man, this game isn't fair. You know, they will just see you later, Argentina. And that's, you know, initially, again, that's what I wanted to do at the start because I was just thinking, well, if we get one team out while everyone's sort of feeling each other out, then at least you're not making more enemies of UK and all the rest of it. But it didn't end up going that way early on. Um. Yeah, heading into this season, did you feel like you was gonna be you were gonna be paired with the legend? Obviously, when you see the qualifier, I feel like it's pretty apparent. But as you guys were showing up, did you think it might be all the MVPs versus all the legends, or maybe the four of you guys in Australia versus a couple of the legends? Like, what were you sort of envisioning as you got on the show? Yeah, I don't know. I um, to be honest, I had no idea, absolutely not. I didn't even know the legends were in here until I started hearing like whispers, and that was pretty much like, yeah, like the night before we actually went in and whatnot. I was like, had no idea what to expect. I thought there might've been more Australians. I thought we're going to end up, even then once the legends came in, I was like, oh, okay, well maybe we'll get partnered up with them. And then maybe it'll be like Australia. Even once we did get partnered up, I was like, oh, maybe it'll be like challenges like Australia as a team, but it just ended up mm-hmm. being paired. But to be honest, I had absolutely no idea what to expect. And that was one of the hardest things. I felt like the legends were pretty cluey on, what was going to happen and I was just I had no idea I was as I said I was a bit like the yeah, bit like the Argentinians at one stage off in a bit of a fairyland and not my head in the game and it was needed to, yeah I needed to get my head in the game early on that's for sure and I did I mean I did not now but thankfully but yeah I just felt like that's perhaps why I didn't get didn't see me much in the first four episodes as well because my head just wasn't quite where it needed to be so mm. you you were on Ninja Warrior before. This was the first, I guess, traditional type of reality show that you were on with the Challenge Australia and then World Championship. What was kind of something that took an adjustment for you? Like what kind of happened that you didn't expect coming into what it was like being on a more formal reality show? Yeah, I was, as I said, it's interviews and what happens behind the scene that I wasn't ready for. Like, you know, because I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of cameras and I'm not the biggest fan of drama. And, you know, the fact you got to act that, well, not even act that, like you do that drama out in front of everybody, you know, you know you're there for everybody to judge and everyone's going to now develop opinion on you. Whereas Ninja Warrior, it was more like, hey, this is their backstory. Look at them do cool stuff. It was all real positive. Whereas in this one, it could quite easily be negative. And for me, that was uh, a much different experience, you know, just, having cameras in your face all the time, living with people. And I guess that's the part of it I struggle with the most. You know, the challenges for me weren't so bad. You know, that's right up Ninja's alley, you know, challenges, pushing yourself, testing your limits. Um, and for me, 
the challenge for me was living in that house, you know, getting those social <laughs> picks going, you know, <laughs> getting doing the interviews and all the rest of it. So, yeah, I think that's where I struggle most, I guess. All right, we're uh, go ahead, Rob. I was just going to say, so okay, in terms of living conditions and the World Championship House um, versus the Australia House, just like in terms of food and, um, you know, cleanliness and stuff like that, was there any noticeable differences between the two or were they pretty okay. similar? Oh, no, there were big differences. The, a, the house was way better um, at uh, Worlds, but the the food in, in Africa was some of the best food I've had. Like it was wow. really really good argentina on the other hand was like it wasn't the greatest food it's like what you'd expect to be served in a cafeteria i guess uh, not that we have really have cafeterias in australia but like you know the american like uh on the simpsons like, they pop the plates on and it's full of some of it's good some of it's not that good and that's how mm-hmm. i felt like our food was but the house in argentina we're a lot cleaner we actually did our dishes the house in the world championship i don't know whether it was theo as I'm looking at you too, because I reckon it was them too. We're just leaving dishes everywhere, making a mess. The thing was gross every day. It got to the point where I was cleaning up a bit and I just, I just gave up on it. And I was like, no, I'm just going to clean my own dishes after I do stuff and just leave the sink as a mess. Oh man, it was, it was a, it was a dirty house, but it was out. It was um, the competitor's fault. And I, I'm putting the, I'm putting the blame on, on Theo and Cats. Does the production ever step in at a certain point, like clean up the dishes or is they just going to let you guys die in the dirty dishes? Um, I think they just let us die in the dirty dishes. To be honest, I, I think they they might have had a go at us. I think they just let it happen. But you know, after whenever we're away from the house, they get cleaners coming anyway, clean everything. And I guess people were just lazy and expected that. But there was a point where we just ran out of dishes. Like we literally had <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't have one without cleaning it, but you couldn't clean the dishes because the sink was full of dishes and gross and muck <laughs> and oh yeah, it was not good. Yeah, I'm a very clean person, so I feel like that would be tough for me to work with. My oh, game plan, though, is if it got that bad, yeah, it would be just like if we get, make them dirty enough, it's going to make for bad TV because it will look bad in the background. So hopefully they clean it at a certain point, but I guess they just didn't care. Nope. <laughs> no, I don't think they really care. That's funny. But yeah. All right, Troy. Well, thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. I think you gave us a lot of insight in what's been going on so far this season in World Championship. We hope that we see you again on a future season. And for everyone listening, uh, go follow Troy on Instagram. Where can they follow you? Uh, Yeah, just on Instagram is the main platform I use, uh, at Troy.Cullen with two ends. So, yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Nice.